Chips and caviar. Chips and caviar. Hungry for current events, business knowledge, and some jokes. And of course, chips and caviar. Welcome to the show, the very first episode of Chips and Caviar. We debated should it be caviar and chips, and it was almost unanimous. A large majority um, agreed with you. It flows chips, really well. Chips and caviar. I thought caviar and chips made more sense because it's like CA. Chips and caviar. Yeah. Well, you're right. I mean, we did a poll on Instagram, which means it's super official. Yeah. And the people voted, and that was it. They don't know what they were voting for. The people are the ones that matter. Yes. And so I figured, right, the first episode, we have a bunch of planned stuff we want to talk about in the future, but I figure, right, the first thing is, you know, they say when you're doing like a speech or you're a pu you're the public speaker right now. I mean, I'm mm. just, I guess I'm making my foray into that very soon, but. Good. But. Like they say, the thing that you need to do is to qualify yourself. I've, I've heard that many times in, in all kinds of stuff is, you know, why would anybody want to listen um, to us? Like what, what makes us worth listening to? Why would you want to hear us versus somebody else? Why do you want to spend your, your a time, your, your most precious commodity on chips and caviar? Exactly. So what I don't. So what, I. What so people do? need to know who you are. Yeah, I want to tell who you. I are. want to tell them about you because I've you know I've read the rough draft of your book, so I you know have, ah, you've about read you. some of the book. I've read everything. Ask me a question. You really have read everything? Ask me an intimate question about the book that I would only remember. Um, if I read it. Come on, brain. Okay, what's the name? Oh shit! I'm not of my drug dealer, I saw get killed. Oh, red. Okay, that was an easy one. I'm gonna do a yeah, little yeah, harder. Okay. 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 Um, you made. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. What are you gonna say? Uh, you made two trips to Mexico before you outsourced it. Yeah, before I okay. okay. How what? So when I was getting the steroids from Mexico as a teenager, see, I was I, trying to talk in code. You're no, I mean we're gonna people well, are gonna hear the book. Okay. I know. Yeah. Well, I mean they're not giving it all away, we're, and we're giving like a little taste of who Aaron Singerman is right now. It's if you don't know me and you're hearing this, you're probably like, what drug you're dealer lost. guy? He's going to yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I'm this is just full disclosure. This is a long time. You don't ago. believe that I read. Well, I don't know because you said you I don't did. read books. I, but I read yours. Okay. okay, give me another question. We're getting really off top. You mm -hmm. know, I'm a little bit ADD. Full disclosure for people mm -hmm. out there, and Rob is also some version of that. I feel mm -hmm. like right. You're kind of all like when you mentally all over the place. I'm trying to sometimes. think of things that are very unique to the book. No, no. How about let's just go when you hit on, when you hit under the the porch. That was oh. so. Now I'm showing you that I read the beginning, okay. middle, and end. All right. You stand on the porch all, right. all night and you were freezing. Look at him. Okay, yeah, we're yeah. going to move on. I believe so. You. Aaron Singerman, let's start with you, man. Okay. Let's start with the Aaron Singerman. Uh, I've been friends with you for about 14 years. Is it 14 or 15 so, or something? 14, like that? 15. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not good with dates. Um, you we had a young very man. exciting life, and I would encourage you to go pre order Aaron's book. Or, April 25th. There you go. Or buy Aaron's book, and you can read all about him. It almost seems not true. Yeah. Right? And one of the things I like you doing with the book is you're putting QR codes in to prove everything because your mother saved literally everything. She about has you. The, she's the curator of the Aaron Museum. Which is something. That's very common between the both of us, which yes. are, is our moms are lunatics and just root for us. No matter what. And they just think that we're superheroes. Yes. My mom, no matter what uh, trouble I got into or what, what successes I've had, she's pretty much steadily believed that I was going to be great and that mm -hmm. I'm amazing no matter what. Even yep. when I really, really wasn't, she'd still believe that was the best. If I got bad grades, my mom was like, the teacher must be wrong. <laughs> I was like, Mom, I didn't even go to college. And she's like, no, they must have done something wrong. It's not you, Robbie. And I think, I think there's some, because we're getting off topic again, but I think there's some element of one of the reasons that we're both successful is that we had parents who believed in us tremendously, mm -hmm. believed in us, even maybe irrationally believed in us. And I do the same. I know you notice I have three little boys, mm -hmm. uh, Elijah, Aiden, and Asher, five, seven, ten, um, and 
you see, I tell them all the time how great they are, how handsome they are, the smartest ones, mm-hmm. the best at everything. And I think that positive reinforcement made a big difference for me. And when I hear about parents that are kids of, uh, that had parents that were, you know, derogatory or overly critical yeah. or that, that it, it's a detriment. I think no, it's it a fucks big, them up. it fucks them up. Yeah, yeah. It fucks them up. So we got, I think we got lucky there. You know, even our both of our moms yeah. are pretty wacky. Um, I think you hit, we both hit the jackpot there in the sense that we had parents that believed in us because that's not, that's not universal. Yeah. So I guess we started out the same with our moms believe in us, but then you took like a hard left turn and started <laughs> doing heroin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Aaron, you know, and this is absolutely amazing. I remember the first time that you told me, uh, we were business partners at the time. You're like, oh, and when I was addicted to heroin and I was like, wait, did he just say he was addicted to he-? like what? <laughs> but you went through a, a large portion of your life addicted to hardcore drugs. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was intravenous heroin and, and cocaine user. Gross. Yeah, it is gross. gross. It is gross. And, and that wasn't that didn't happen overnight. I graduated from one thing to another to another. And well, that's a, a topic from another show of yeah. of how that could happen to somebody because I never, of course, intended to be any of that. And I wasn't like a, a young person growing up because I growing up in the 80s and 90, especially the 90s. There's a lot of people that did heroin and, and died and they were rock stars. And mm. there's people that said that that was like, a you know, it looked uh, glamorous at the time to to people. I've heard that. It wasn't like that at all for me. It just one thing led to another. I was addicted to Oxycontin and I ran out when Hurricane Katrina happened and I moved to Houston. I couldn't find Oxycontin. And so I went to the ghetto and I found heroin. And I mean, gross. yeah, it was, it was gross. I'm glad was, you don't do that anymore. Yeah, me too. And after that, you've always been in love with bodybuilding. Yep. Uh, so from the outside, I've seen, I, and I obviously know everything about Aaron, but I'll give you the cliff notes. He you were very interested in bodybuilding. You did everything you possibly could to get into the industry, yep. and then you eventually did mm-hmm. through podcasts, writing articles, and things like that. And I think you were always just some guy in the industry, mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere, started a supplement company. Yes. And I think you were the first supplement company uh, that caught the industry off guards. Yeah. Like it was two just bros yep. jacked up in tank tops who, like, <laughs> in a matter of years, were on the front of the Olympia yeah, the building. building, the the Las Vegas. And you Expo. were eighty feet tall, and it was like, wait, what the fuck? Like, how did these dudes, these two bros, yeah, do this? Driving Ferraris and Lamborghinis and the Dude, whole thing. It was time. insane to watch. Insane to watch. Uh, so once again, that that company was Blackstone Labs. Yes. Um, you then separated from that company, fell out. What big how, partnership dispute? Yeah, yeah. The world exploded. Um, you then went on to start Redcon One, which is the fastest growing supplement company in the world, which. I mean, the same exact growth, if not, I mean, more, right? Yeah. Blackstone was considered a big success. Mm-hmm. And we do om- almost in their best year, Blackstone's best year, we do that kind of revenue almost in, in an average month. Yeah, which is insane. And to watch to watch that, because I was there from the start, to watch that scale so quickly, and I was like, wow, this dude doesn't miss. Like, he is just jumping to another line, started it from the scratch, ground up, picking up athletes, formulas in your kitchen, and then it just explodes. Um, and just watching the the magical growth of Aaron Singerman, only to be indicted by the government and go to prison. <laughs> yep. and it was like this this like just mountain shooting to the moon, and then all of a sudden, it was like, hey, hey, I think I might be going to jail. Uh, start drinking a lot, you know, go through some trouble. Next thing you know, Crashes. in prison. Yep. And I'm going to visit you in prison. And I'm like, damn, like the company's still kicking ass out there. And now you're out. And I'm out. I mean that would that's a very short little intro, but uh, I think that to sum it all up, it's it's it, dude, it's amazing because I think a lot of people's circumstances, it just feels like it's going to be this forever. Right. So if you're down, you're down forever, or right. if you're up, you're up forever, right? And I think you're someone that's just like 
always moving forward, always looking for opportunity when doors close and always wants to win, right? Yep. And, and and is just very passionate about life too, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you're the one person that I think at all the expos, you're always like, hey man, do you want to go do something this morning before the expo? And it's not just, you know, go lift weights. It's like, do you want to go walk on and check out this battleship or see something locally? Yeah, and so you have a really big passion for life, which yeah. is really, really cool. Yeah, I think one thing that we both share is, uh, and we've talked about this recently, just me and you doing our walks, because Rob's been here for a week now, and, and I walk in the morning. I just got back into it uh, starting January 1st, where I started uh, religiously walking again at least an hour every morning when I wake up. And we talked about uh, being excited. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I think, you know, it's undervalued. And I think that... Uh, as an entrepreneur, being able to be or get very excited about an idea or progress or really anything where it's like people pick up on it. And, you know, it's something that I didn't really realize how powerful it was. And I saw it in people, other entrepreneurs like you and some other, other friends that have been very successful. It's the, even like a Jordan Zimmerman, you know, and he's 65 now and he's, he owns the the fifth biggest advertising firm in the world. He's my close, close buddy, self-made billionaire. He has this excitement about him Mm. where he has this energy that's palpable where you're like this fucking guy's got something yeah. and, and i and i see that in you and I, I see that in me and other people see that and i think that that passion for life is something that not everybody has but i think it's it's something that could be built and maybe we'll talk about that in a future show um because i think that is uh one of the things that's really common in super successful entrepreneurs um whether it's somebody like an elon musk or a, a bill gates a level of obsession that really is attached to excitement and if you don't have excitement for life or what you're doing then it's very difficult to do something that's maybe monotonous, hard, and going to take a long time, you know? Exactly. Um, okay, Rob Bailey. Rob Bailey. Creative genius, mm. for sure. So the difference between me and Rob is my artistic ability is limited to ideas. Rob's artistic ability is limitless. Ooh. Uh, and um, so Rob started out uh, in high school uh, as a young man, as an athlete, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is cool because he had this uh, tremendous athletic ability. But it was combined with artistic ability. Your mom told me way back in the day that uh, that he was she, Robbie. Robbie uh, was a <laughs> was a great athlete. He was good at every sport. You were uh, you were like the the top, right? You were the captain of the football team. I wasn't or, captain. You were the, one of the best players. I was the most athletic. Player. Most athletic yeah, player. Yeah. Uh, you were were you homecoming king? No, you were. My mom told you some yeah, crazy. She, shit. she might have. So that's my but, mom, for example. She's probably like so. I like I made my tux for prom. That's that's one of the things she so told I me. So I think that my mom. He made all his own clothes, she said. (laughs) Definitely not homecoming king. Uh, But, I mean, look, ultimately you were successful as an athlete and you were also creative, Mm -hmm. made your own clothes, made your tuxedo, you know, had this ability and interest in in being creative. Um, You're somebody who is from your your handwriting, which is incredibly unique and different and has been iconic for your brand. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, used that in the very infancy of the fitness industry of social media Obviously, you met Dana Lynn Bailey in college. Mm. Uh, she was a soccer player. You were an athlete mm. in, in college, right? Yeah. What did you play in college? I played football. Played football in college, yeah. and she played soccer. You guys met, uh, fell in love, and uh, you were the first person. Well, how I even noticed you was Dana was this um, this great athlete uh, in the fitness industry that had awesome abs. She yeah. was the ab girl. Yeah, right? she had really good abs. She had good she still abs. Does. Still and, does. Yeah, and, yeah, and had no boobs, too. She had no implants. Yeah. So yeah. those two things, as crazy as that sounds, she had a. She was very pretty. She had a unique haircut, great abs, and no boobs. And the, the no boobs thing, as weird as that sounds, is is a, like an outlier in the fitness industry. Yeah. And so I, I had noticed her and thought she had a great look. And the thing that I really noticed that made me notice her was the video content that was being done with her. Mm. And I said, wow, this video content is really unique and very different. And uh, and she was being featured in such a way that it brought 
much more attention to her than she would have if she wouldn't have done this content. Mm. And so I was like, who is the one making this? Because I'm, I'm great at it, even though I'm not, I couldn't have created the content. I can certainly spot talent and what's cool very easily. It's mm. something that I think is, uh, is uh, one of the things that has been made me successful too, is even though I may not understand a trend, I can identify it, spot it, and see like, you know, this is different, this is cool. And yeah. so I saw the videos and I remember hearing from, I don't remember, I wanna say it was Jose Raymond or one of the guys who was in the industry at the time, so that's all her husband. Her husband uh, is the is the talent. It's like she's got the physique, but this is the guy behind the behind the scenes making this stuff come to life. And so I had before we ever met, I had a lot of interest in meeting you. And I also found out that you're you had very little equipment. You yeah. were doing it on like the shoestring shoestring budget. Yeah, I didn't have any. I had nothing. I had. Oh, I forget what I was even shooting on, but it was like a really old DSLR that like it might have been like the first one that did video. Yeah, but it was pretty bad. And you were editing on like an iMac with like iMovie or something, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. which is crazy because if people don't know, this is about as rudimentary as you get. Yeah. Yet he was creating content that was out of this world, unique and different in in the world of fitness and bodybuilding. Yeah. And at the time, I was working for Dave Palumbo and RX Muscle, covering the world of uh, fitness and bodybuilding, and uh, and I noticed it right away. I was like, wow, this is really cool. This is a unique couple that's doing really awesome stuff. And uh, and at this time, you hadn't started flagging or fail. In fact, you had just quit working for QVC. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and people were saying like that you uh, that you guys were like you know living out of your van practically going from show to show at the time. Yeah. So we, I mean, we had a house. Yeah. We had a house, but you were traveling all the time. Yeah. The, yeah. I was uh, I was driving everywhere that I could. So we didn't have much money. Um, but you were going from just like me. You were going from show to we show. We were just drop anywhere that was within five or six hours. We would just drive there. And this is really unique too because one of the things that Dave Plumbo told me in the fitness and bodybuilding industry, he's not the smartest man, and I'm not a big fan of him these days, hmm. but I will say he gave me some good advice and he said, go to as many shows as possible because you're gonna network, meet people, and those are the people you wanna meet to that help spread your your, you know, your image and, yeah. and get you opportunities, and you guys did the exact same thing. So the reason that I did that, um, so I would, I would just not sleep. I would drive, 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 yeah. and I realized that no one cared who I was when I got there. Right. That's why like when you met me or Jose Raymond met me for the first time and like people started to be like, Oh, you're the dude who holds the camera. Fuck yeah! And I was like, I, I was always really surprised because, who cares, right? Um, but the one thing I noticed about Dana was the more we went to these little expos and things like that, I realized that no one looked like the magazines. Right. So like, if we saw a girl on the cover of the magazine, you would meet her in real life, and you would be like, "Is this really the same girl?" Mm -hmm. And Dana's energy. Obviously, I'm married to her, so I think she's absolutely gorgeous and the, and the coolest girl in the world. But. I knew that that was actually the case. Like I wasn't being delusional. And I was like, there's something about this girl. And if I can get her in front of people, like if every single weekend I can hit a show and put her in front of people, they'll see in real life how rad she is. So I just thought it was my job to not only film all the content, but then also drive around every single weekend and, and get her to get her to events, get her in front of people so they could actually lay their eyes on her. Yeah. And you, and you did that. And it was, uh, it was amazing to, to, to see, and I was, this is before we even met. So one of the things that happened for Rob in the beginning is he used this passion that he had for his wife, for the sport, for video and creating content and art to create a, uh, a pair line. It was yeah. called flag. It's still here. And it's a huge success flag nor fail. And I love the name because you know, I didn't know the, the quote at the time, but I, I love the idea, not flagging or failing, not giving up, you know, persevering. Um, I thought that's like a really cool, unique name. And then the look of the brand was very different. And the, the words, you know, a lot of the, initially it was a lot of graphic tees. Yeah. And I love the message. Thanks, man. And I was like, um, I was like, 
this is something also unique and different. And so I immediately had a lot of respect for you um, as a creator, because I realized that while Dana is incredibly talented, had all that, if she didn't have you behind her pushing this and creating this brand, none of this would have happened. You know, she would have been on cover magazine. She would have done great, but it wouldn't have been this. And uh, so I had a lot of respect for that before we even met. And uh, I think we had we met we met right before or right around the big, very beginning of Flagner Fail, right? Or was it yeah, before? Right, right around before. the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, and so I'll always remember um, I was working for Dave Palumbo and you started being successful very quick with the brand and we started seeing it around. Yeah. And I remember being told by somebody in front of Dave Palumbo, uh, who's, you know, uh, kind of like a sort of hater, jealousy of any, mm. any kind of, and this is, this is something we're going to talk about in the future of people being jealous of others' success. I have always, even when I was a total loser doing drugs, when I would see other people succeeding, it wouldn't be inspirational to me. I'd be inspired yeah. by it. Another sign of a, of a successful, potentially future, future success is being seeing other people's success and being happy for them, or if you're not happy for them, at least inspired by it, using it as fuel. Mm. And I've always seen success and thought like, wow, that's awesome. The books, I'm a big reader, and I always loved uh, biographies, autobiographies or biographies of successful people because I always feel like I got something out of their success. I, I took something from it. And so I heard that the T-shirts were selling like crazy and that you guys were making forty, fifty thousand $50,000 a release in a day. Yeah. And I was like, that is so cool. And I remember Dave Plumbo being like, it's impossible. It's impossible. It yeah. can't happen. They're doing, they're selling drugs or something. I, rem I, I remotely remember a podcast um, where he was talking about that. Yeah. And they were discussing and someone had linked me to it and said something about like, uh, oh, they're talking about how much you make. And I was like, oh my God, how do they, how they know what we're making? Because I wasn't, I was trying not to let people know. Because I was, and in the beginning I was very embarrassed. That right? you were making so much money? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, well, you know, we went from, you know, eight hundred dollars the first month, and then like four thousand dollars the next month, and then we got to like twenty pretty quick. And I still felt pretty good about twenty. Um, I ended up bringing my brother on, and he took me to sixty grand, mm -hmm. just by another brain being there with me. And I remember doing releases. We would do a release and do thirty to forty to fifty thousand dollars in one in, I mean, four minutes. And to me, that was like I just felt it felt like wrong. Yeah. To be honest, it felt wrong because I, I I grew up with no money, and I was like. I'm making my mom's salary or my dad's salary in three minutes. Yeah. This doesn't seem right. Which is crazy and unbelievable. And, yeah. And, uh, and I was ex very impressed and inspired by that, that you created something out of nothing and you and your wife did it together mm -hmm. and created this kind of success. A lot of people, um, it made uncomfortable. I think the fitness industry specifically that we're both in yeah. is filled with insecure people. Um, and, and part of that, you know, you can see it in the fact that they have these huge muscles. Now, that's not everybody, right? But, yeah. but a lot of guys have these huge muscles to cover up some sort of insecu mm -hmm. insecurity or trauma or, you know, whatever in their childhood or when they were younger people. And uh, same with the girls, you know, the big boobs and getting in shape and getting adulation on stage. Now, I'm not making a, a I'm not trying to generalize, but that happens a lot. So then the even worse than that, somebody having bigger muscles or bigger boobs or a better butt is somebody creating success at that level where they're seeing it and they're going, why not me? Why yeah. I should be getting this, right? And we also came in the industry and we did everything different. Yeah, everything. So she had no sponsorships. Yeah. So instead of, because back in the day, the only way to make money in the industry was get a sponsorship. And the sponsors had no interest. Right. So I was like, well, we'll just make our own brands and they'll pay us, right. you know? Um, I mean, even showing up to shows and things like that, it was, it was, oh, well, we don't have a booth inside, so we'll just do a meet and greet outside. Yeah. So everybody we did, we did everything different, right? Yeah. Her, they told her to grow her hair out. She cut her hair shorter. They told her to get boobs. She just didn't and yeah. got leaner. And they told her to stop 
dancing and doing all those things. So we did more of that. So everything we just did completely backwards from the industry. And yeah. I think that some people found it refreshing, Mr. Singerman, and other people found it uh, incredibly annoying, um, dumb. And, and oh, I got to say, first off, just so I don't want Rob to overstate, many, many, many more multitudes liked Rob and yeah. Dana. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. one of the shirts and thought Flagner yeah. Fail stood for what they believed in. But there's this um, loud minority, just like in everything, mm -hmm. that that's super loud that would make fun of you guys or make fun of Dana doing the, the lips thing or whatever. Yeah. And then there's people that, you know, tried to make fun of the messaging or whatever or doubted Dana. Dana is also one of the things that people really doubted was Dana being natural. She doesn't yeah. take steroids. She's never taken steroids. People are like, it's impossible. She looks like we that. should do a whole episode on that. Yeah, that's yeah. a great one. We should write that one down. Um, so that's that's that kind of hate or disbelief happened a lot, but you guys persevered through it, never really let it bother you to any kind of great extent, and completed to can continue to succeed. Dana ended up switching to a new class called Women's Physique Division and became the first Miss Olympia and gained a tremendous amount of popularity um, for herself for for your brand. Uh, through social media, through, you know, meet and greet where there'd be thousands of people in line to meet you guys, to get a hug from Dana, to get a hug from you, to take a silly picture. Yeah. And uh, and it became this this movement. Flagnerfield became a movement. Since then, uh, Dana and you have grown significantly in all kinds of different ways, including your following. And since then, have built several different businesses. We did a business together called Run Everything Labs that, mm -hmm. that ended up being just run everything and has been run from you guys. We ended up Figuring out a, a, a split uh, where Rob owns the whole business, and that's another. Dana bought you out. Oh, Dana bought me out. Yeah, Dana, very proud yeah, of that. Dana yeah. bought me out, and then they have uh, they had Warhouse Gym, which was a success, but ended up moving on from that. Moved to Montana, away from everything they knew, into the into the wilderness out west, and uh, created a home and a business out there, and uh, built an awesome warehouse and a, a private gym this time. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been tons and tons of successes. Air Rob has become the Airbnb king of Whitefish, Montana. <laughs> Um, and, uh, <laughs> and learned and learned all kinds of new cool business stuff along yeah. the way and has matured as a person, uh, and as a business person and, uh, has become a leader for many now in his new, uh, coaching group, Yeah. which, oh, wow. yeah. which is, which is really cool and different. You want to plug your coaching group? Let people know. Yeah. I mean, the coaching group currently is called, uh, clear, calculated and vicious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I might, I might tweak the name here coming up soon, but okay. yeah, a coaching group I've. CCV. CCV, CCV, yeah, and learned a lot over the years, and and I, I have a lot to offer. So I think it's super cool. There's yeah. hundreds of people that are that are paying for your business advice, yeah. and that's not uh, you know it's not a uh, cult of personality. It's actually people who want to be better as people. Yeah, and you were on my call this week. I think that I love getting out free content, right? Yeah, like the podcast of free content. That's what we're going to be doing. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things I like inside the group is I actually talk numbers. Yeah. And you were on the last call. And you're I said, totally. I said, hey, we paid this person $10,000 to show up here yeah. to do this. And you're like, whoa, you're saying these things? Yeah, like, you're yeah, very uncensored. Because I think that that's something I never heard, right? Like growing up, I never heard numbers. So the first time that I, I had income coming in from a company or for Flagner Fail, yeah. same thing. I felt very embarrassed and very uncomfortable. And I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Even negotiating Dana's contract. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Yeah. And being like, $2,000, like, is that a lot? And Not I knowing to, your value. I, yeah. I talked to a few other people and I'm like, bro, she's worth so much more than that. And I was like, oh, uh, I just never assumed that someone would give us $2,000 for being you. Yeah. Right. So I think that there's a lot of confusion around those numbers. Um, I like that. So I like that. The, I think the numbers is good for podcasts, too, because like you said about making $50,000 in, in four minutes. Right. I think that people can't. So if you don't know where you want to go or you don't know what's possible, then how the hell are you ever going to get there? 
Exactly. So I believe in really big goals. So we will talk about some numbers. Obviously, you go into the nitty gritty on the yeah, on inside your, the group because it's yeah, safe in there. Yeah, right? you go to the nitty gritty. And he the one cool thing that I liked is that you're interacting with people individually and answering yeah. specific questions here. Awesome. Here we can. I hope that millions of people listen to the show, but we won't be able to interact directly with people. That's not the nature of a podcast. But I will say that you know when people hear numbers, I remember talking to one of our manufacturers and him saying that he was making profiting a hundred thousand dollars a month. And I remember thinking, I didn't even think that was like, that was even a thing. Like mm -hmm. to make $100,000 in a month, you know, because $100,000 to me was a good living for a year. Yeah. At, at the time, I would have been, you know, $100,000, I'm pretty, pretty good with that. That was in the very beginning of uh, Blackstone. And I thought, uh, I, I think that it was, it's funny because hearing him say that made me be like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I've obviously that scales as you get bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. So I think letting people know to some degree yeah. what we're comfortable with. And, and it can always be misinterpreted. I yeah. mean, a couple of minutes ago, I said making. Uh, $50,000 in two minutes. It's like, well, that didn't go. I was still broke. Of course, you're buying more inventory. That money was coming in. And I was like, okay, I can turn that into more hoodies. And like, right. I, I was trying to get to the cut and sew. So that's another thing we can talk about in a yeah, future show yeah. is, is investing in yourself, investing exactly. in your own business. 100%. Because that is something I remember the day that we hit a million dollars on the website um, at Redcon when we, when the, and I have a great video of this that'll be a QR code in the book, awesome. right? Um, but I have a great video that I took and when it hit a million dollars, everybody celebrated, we popped bottles. This was in the very beginning of the company. So we don't, hadn't even been going for a year when it hit that million dollar mark. And I was so excited about it because it took Blackstone years and years and years to get to that level. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I realized that a lot of people thought that I made a million dollars. They're like, he just made a million dollars. I get some mm -hmm. of the employees. And, and I had to explain, I really like, I, and I obviously don't need to explain to people why, but it felt weird you enough. You have to. It Honestly, felt weird enough yeah. that I had to literally call everybody together. And, you know, the, I think we had about 15 employees at the time, mm -hmm. not including a few of the Packers. Uh, and I brought them together and I said, listen, guys, I want you to understand, like, I didn't make a million dollars. This million dollars is paying for the rent. The, you guys pay mm -hmm. the cost of goods, the insurance. And, yeah. you know, in reality... I'm not going to make any, I didn't make any money for the entire first year of Redcon. Yeah. Uh, I made zero dollars. Everybody else was getting paid but me. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make sure that was clear because people didn't get it, you know? Yeah. They still well, it's hard to understand. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's that's the secrecy of numbers. Like people, yeah. I, dude, I, I still don't quite know how business works. Like I have, a, I have a handle on a lot of it, but yeah. there's still so many things I don't because it, yeah. it, they are kept in these secrets. And that's yeah. why inside the group, it's so transparent. Yeah. You know, like when we do Black Friday, I feel that yeah. and every single year. I'm like, hey guys, this is all the money to pay for our spring. Sure. So, like, if we don't hit X, Y, and Z for Black Friday, the whole year's ruined. Yeah. Then we're we're fucked in the spring. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. I was like, you think that just shows up? And I said, no. Like, all of this money goes there. Right. So, right. you know, it 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 does take a reminder because you know, it's mastery, right? It's understanding everything. It's reminders are very important. Of course. What am I missing about Rob Bailey? What didn't I oh say? Oh my gosh. Obviously. Uh, Married 20 years, which is a big um, deal. Together 20 years. I think we're married 16. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just living life out there. You're right? you're 39 years old. 39? I'm 43 years old as of January 23rd, a few days ago. Um, well, I got bands. I make music. Oh, that's a big one. I can't yeah, believe I forgot yeah, that. Yeah, I really yeah. love so, your music. 2012 or 13 you started, right? 2012, yeah. yeah. So uh, we were some of the first people on YouTube, right? So yeah. making those videos. And one of the things I was doing is I was using fun music. Right. So I was like, oh, I'll edit to Hatebreed. I'll edit to all these bands that I listen to. And then they started blocking my music. Yeah. And I was like, well, what's a creative solution to figure this out? I'll just start making my own music. Your mom said Robbie always wanted to be a rock star. <laughs> Robbie always I wanted I found to something, and I, um, I wrote a, a note to my mom, and I was like six or seven. Like, and I wrote, uh, like, happy birthday, mom, but I didn't have anything to buy her because I didn't have any money. 
and I wrote on a napkin, it says, one day, I bought a Hershey's bar as like a birthday present. And I wrote, one day I'll be a famous rock star and you won't ever have to work. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that's true. That's exactly where we're at. Yeah. Like it's awesome. Fully retired. Fully Visualized it from six. Who knew, oh, man? Yeah. Who knew? But yeah. Uh, you knew apparently. Tons, tons of music, man. I started making music so that I could still monetize YouTube. Uh, and then people liked it outside of there. And it is a very unique spin. Um, started like a an EDM electronic punk sort of genre rap that didn't exist before. Yeah. Um, which is feels cool to start like create a genre. Yeah. Um, and then came out with some heavy stuff that's progressively getting heavier. Uh, I believe it's in the metalcore genre. Yep. And now doing American folk music with like a a yelling spin on it. So um, there's there's uh, Rob Bailey and the Hustle Standard. Yes. There's Kill Rob Bailey, which is the hardcore stuff. Yeah. And then now there's Land and Ammo. Land and Ammo. Yeah. yeah. Which you guys should 100% check out all of that. I uh, fell in love with the music uh, in the very beginning because I love the messaging. Yeah. So it was my type of music to begin with. And then the messaging is very, uh, well, first off, it's great for working out. So yeah. anybody who likes to work out, you put on any of Rob's music, except for me, Land and Ammo may not be workout music. Um, yeah. So, you know, you could, though. It's got a good beat and everything. But mm-hmm. the, 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 the initial stuff and then the Kill Rob Bailey stuff, it's... It's a uh, positive messaging. So yeah. it's like believe in yourself kind of messaging like yeah. fucking you can do it kind of like, you know, yeah. you're a motherfucking beast. Yeah, right? it's, yeah. Uh, it's very you can do it, right? You can so do it. It's, I love it's, that. It's all, the, uh, it's all the messaging. I mean, essentially when I started to make it, right, um, I remember Little John was very popular. And I loved repetitive things. Yeah. So like, uh, like the East Side Boys and shit when they would just like repeat stuff, mm-hmm. like that was all my heaviest sets. Because like I don't want complicated you know, words right. and lyrics and shit. I just want to hear something fucking tough, right? right. Um, and I grew up listening to Hatebreed. Um, and Hatebreed was very, like, oddly motivational. Yeah. Like, more of, like, a spit your last breath and, like, you know, this is what I stand for, fuck you, and right. all that shit. Um, so I just sort of did, like, my version of, like, Hatebreed and Little John and took all the elements that I wanted together and, and, and created music, right? Mm-hmm. And... It works for those maybe moments. We'll, maybe we'll edit in some right now. So, like, while we're talking, oh we can edit some. You have so much technology here. We Rec- can edit Rec- Recon Studios. Yeah. Stop taking deep breath. Uh, I think that all of this stuff is very important. Yeah. And even though the first podcast, you may not have gleamed a whole lot of like new wisdom, that is what we want to show is possible. So when you're listening yeah. to us, there is stuff that we have to convey that I think will be valuable to people, will be entertaining. That one mm. of the things that me and Rob that I've noticed from like right when I basically met you is that we have great synergy together. Yeah. And that um, you know, uh that's a really rare thing to find somebody that you're better with the person where it's like you, you know, I know I'm good, you know you're good, but mm. together we're even better. Yeah. And uh, and we get along good, and we we joke. We have the same kind of personality, same kind of. We have different personalities, but we have a lot of similarities. Um, and then we have the same kind of sense of humor. And we're in a, both of us are in a unique spot in our life mm-hmm. where we've achieved a lot. We've achieved a lot of success. Made a lot of mistakes too. Made a lot of mistakes, especially me. I feel like you learn more <laughs> from the mistakes you've made. Yeah. You've made bigger mistakes. Yes, than yes, me. Yes. I feel like I've ma- I make a lot of little ones. You make like. I feel like a lot of little ones is better, to be honest with you. Well, you know. In retrospect. Yeah. Um, but I have. I've had a lot of uh, tremendous swings. I've had. I've reached the, you know, some of the highest heights that mm-hmm. you can. I've also been to the lowest lows. Yeah. And uh, my goal for this show is also similar to the book, is that hopefully we're able to uh, help you reach those heights and avoid the real bottoms that I've been to, you know? Yeah. 
And I think that the show, uh, for anybody listening, you're going to be able to get something out of it. Hope we'll have some laughs along the way. We will have laughs. We will have I th- laughs. And I think that's what we, we're really setting out to do is just like, just help, man. I mean, we, our brains together have too, have been through too much shit yeah. to not just be able to share. And then also, you know, show that we're enjoying life. Yeah. I think that's one of the most important things for me is because like we can all chase money, right? Like right. we can all say, hey, I want to have a billion dollar company, but you know, it's waking up the, the early mornings to go for the walks and talk about things that aren't business and yeah. all that and, and, and really just get the most out of life. And I will say, you know, because of where we're at, um, I'm always going to be motivated by being better and being the yeah. best. And, uh, and I'm a numbers guy. But the truth of the matter is, is I'm in a place where I don't need to have anything I don't have. Right. I have everything that I could possibly need. I'm not going to there's not a point where I wouldn't do this to make money. And we even talked about like speaking and stuff like mm-hmm. I would speak help people i would never if you said i'll give you a hundred thousand dollars to come to this speech and i don't want to do it there's no fucking way i would do yeah it. um and i'm at a point where that one that would not motivate me even a hundred thousand dollars like like the manufacturer said he's making in a month if i could make that in 45 minutes and fly to someplace i don't want to go and spend a day in place i, I wouldn't do it um which is really i think a unique spot for us to be in because we're doing it because we want to yeah when you do something because you want to and because you're passionate about because you love it it's automatically going to be better 100 percent. i was telling my son asher the other day is he said uh, he said um, something about doing something for money and I explained to him that if you want to be really good it was him playing the piano he played the piano and and I told him like hey doing anything for money is bad because then you're just chasing the money if you do it because you love it and you're the best at it because you practice because you want to yeah all the money will come 100 percent yeah 100% so these episodes will be fairly short. Yes. Uh, I think this is longer. This them. is longer. This yeah. is the first one. So, But I think we're, we're going to try to keep them under 15 minutes, right? Like the intention is that as they drive to work, they can learn something. If they have some downtime, if they're uh, – I don't know if people still take cigarette breaks, but you can throw it on during your cigarette It's break. like a vape, vape break <laughs> vape now break. or whatever. But they do it right in the office by their I desk. Know. I see it's crazy. it all the time. Um, but that's what we want. We want yeah. quick consumable com, com, uh, content that – adds massive value yeah and and uh and not i mean every one of them may be different you may not get you may not even be interested in, in one and love another one yeah. or you may we may do some that are just for fun but the the idea is that they won't be you know we're not doing long-form joe rogan podcasts mm. at least that's not in the mm. foreseeable future and even doing like interview shows that's not really the plan although mm. we have a third chair here and certainly oh have the, my goodness we have is. the ability to to have people on as guests but that's not the idea of the show either so yeah i hope that uh people love it I hope that you're able to consume a lot of it. Ideally, in one sitting, I don't think that, like when I listen to Joe Rogan, it's over like one show is like a week for me or week, yeah, weeks yeah, yeah. sometimes. Um, and I don't want that, right? We don't want that. No. I think we have one more thing to say before we close, Okay, which is if they got this far, they listened to the first episode. Yeah. So we owe them a huge thank you. You made it. You made thank it you. to the end. Thank you. Thank you. Thank give you us a listening. good rating if you think we have a good rating. That's a good idea. Right? Yeah, yeah give us a See, good rating. This guy is a marketing genius. Oh, come on now. I've, you know. Yeah, that's uh, a good idea. But give us a good rating. I yeah, give us a good really rating. I really appreciate that. People um, shop by ratings. So if and you and if you hear good. anything you think like good, man, just share it. Like, yeah. We'd really appreciate it. That's what we're here to do. Please, please do. We're, we're doing it for the people. Doing it just for the like, people. Just like the name. We're doing it for the people. Doing so. it. Oh, we need to explain the name. Later episode. Next episode or maybe maybe down the road. But. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks, guys. Chips and caviar.